John Nelson is going to tell us a story. Hey, everyone. I'm the uh, husband from the previous story, and uh, I thought I'd add a little bit more color into that uh, before I go into my story. Um, a couple of things happened after I almost got beat by the sheriff's deputies in the Gwinnett County Courthouse and then summarily got kicked out instead, which is ironic since I'm up there regularly you know, on my uh, law practice, and I actually told some of the magistrate clerks, um, I believe on uh, on uh, Thursday of, of last week, <laughs> the story about how I almost got beaten up by the sheriff's deputies and got kicked out trying to get my daughter's birth certificate. Uh, one of the things that happened was I uh, wrote the probate judge, because the probate court handles uh, Gwinnett Vital Records, who then just literally takes the paper uh, filings and sends them to the Georgia Department of Vital Records who then processes them and actually has the power to do things. I wrote the probate judge and, and uh, described what had happened and what his employee had done. And so I, when Sarah Beth went back to file things and it went so much more smoothly and she was giving the hairy eyeball to the employee, uh, that was uh, likely because that employee, I found out, I've since found out, does not actually work there anymore. So um, <laughs> uh, on top of that, to actually finally get Virginia's birth certificate, I actually had to involve um, uh, Governor Purdue's office. Uh, literally had to write them a letter saying, I'm simply trying to get a birth certificate so I can file my taxes like a good Georgian and pay money to the state. Uh, could they help me out with this? And uh, they actually, to, to, you know, I'm, I did not vote for Governor Purdue either, either time, but to give his office, uh, you know, credit where credit is due, um, they did actually reach out to the Department of Vital Records and help smooth, uh, you know, the process out. It still took um, from, I believe it was maybe January of 2010 until uh, August of 2010 before we got that birth certificate. <laughs> so it was definitely madness, which is tonight's theme. Um, so my story on that theme is, as, as you can see, I have my son here. Uh, and believe it or not, I grew up as a boy as well. Uh, and um, one of the things that I'm learning is when he does things that I'm like, oh, that yeah, that makes sense. Uh, my wife, who grew up not as a boy, but as, as a girl when she was younger, uh, says, I, I, what, wh where is this coming from? And so I thought I'd relate some stories of, of uh, I guess you could say, boyhood madness. Some of the, some of the games we boys would play, uh, you know, through some of the, uh, some stories of conflicts that I had with my friends when I was growing up. Um, now, I don't know how many of you know what a wiffle ball bat is or what wiffle ball is. And they have those yellow bats, right? Uh, and what, um, in, in my neighborhood, there was me, and then I had a next-door neighbor named Andrew. He was older than me. Up the street, I had my friend Chris, who was younger than me. And then at the bottom of the street, just about three houses down, two houses down, actually, from me, was uh, a, a friend who was younger than Andrew but older than me named Leo. And so every once in a while we'd, we'd form up into factions. 
and usually it was me and Andrew versus Leo and whoever he could convince to be on his team at that time, which was usually my friend Chris because our friend Chris uh, just kind of would go along to get along, and he's a great guy, nice guy, and so he'd, he'd be the odd man out and say, well, I guess I'll join up with Leo. And um, so uh, one time uh we, we we had this standoff amongst the fa- the factions where uh I, I don't remember why it was coming to literal blows but it was coming to literal blows and so leo and his faction had these broom handles as weapons because what do boys have we 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 find things to be swords and guns that's what we do and we and we hit things cuz that's what we do <laughs> as my wife is finding out with our son. Um, and so we had these, uh, they, they had these broom handles. And what me and my friend, my, an- my friend Andrew had is we had wiffle ball bats. And um, so, uh, you know, kind of like a week of dancing around the issue of taunting and giving threats and staking out territory. You can't come on my yard. No, you can't come on my yard. And uh, if you come in my yard, we're going to kick you out. And, Finally, it came down to a showdown on my lawn in front of our magnolia tree. And my friend Andrew and I, with our yellow plastic wiffle ball bats, and my friend Leo, uh, and my friend Chris, who's kind of hanging back going, I don't really know why I'm, I'm you know, involved in this potential combat situation. Um, and, uh, and, and so it came to the head that my friend Leo took a swing at me and I raised my wiffle ball bat and uh, before that he had been taunting I have I have wood you have plastic that flimsy bats not gonna do anything and you know we didn't have anything else we're like well bring it you know and so he, he, he brought it he took a swing uh, you know it was like a swinging of a bat and you know I swing my my actual wiffle ball plastic bat back at him and I could still remember the image in my, in my head of the wooden um, broom handle hitting my wiffle ball bat. And my wiffle ball bat, this plastic bat, like bending over it. So where it was kind of like, here's my wiffle ball bat before the hit. And then this is it after the hit and the you know broom handle's there. And at that, that immediate moment, I'm thinking, the wiffle ball bats were a bad idea. Um, but then just you know, moments later, the broom handle cracks and breaks in half. And my wolf ball bat just springs back up, upright. And there's, there's me with my wolf ball bat with a shock look on my face, jaw hanging open, and my friend Leo across from me with a broken broom handle, shocked, jaw hanging open, which I found out was his mom's broom handle, and he later got in trouble for breaking it. And we, we kind of stand there, and my friend Andrew's behind me with his wiffle ball bat. Of course, he was smarter and let me be the front line of advance. I was not as smart. Um, and then our friend Chris on the other side in the back, who it wasn't necessarily from smarts. It was more kind of like, you know, whatever, Leo, this is really your fight kind of thing. <laughs> and we're all just standing there looking at it. And then my friend Andrew starts laughing, and my friend Leo starts laughing, and I just say, 
I didn't really think that would happen. <laughs> and uh, so, um, you know, a little bit of childhood madness uh, you can expect from boys. Um, the other story I was going to relate from that uh, also involves my friend Leo. He had a knack for getting into trouble. My understanding is he still does. Um, and uh, there was a uh, another boy, not on our street, but like a few streets over, who still went to our school. Actually, he may not have gone to our school. He may have gone to a private school. Do you remember where Micah? Do you remember Micah? He give you an idea of Micah. He he was um, one of those kids that's bigger than the other kids. Not just bigger like heavy, but bigger like muscle. Uh, he was also had a lot. Like his his family had money. Like he had an ATV at like age. 10 maybe i don't remember um you know all the nintendo games and whatnot uh, he, he had money um maybe a little spoiled not a bad kid maybe a little spoiled though and and used to getting his way not just because he had money but also he's bigger than the other kids uh and um we we were uh respectful of his size i guess you could say amongst my friends we didn't pick fights with micah that was just seemed foolish uh, you know, no one did that except for my friend Leo, <laughs> and I still remember this one moment um, when Leo picked a fight with Micah, and it kind of been brewing over the course of a week because that's how it happens. You know, kind of little things here and there build up until finally there's the breaking point, the straw that breaks the camel's back, so to say. And um, uh, you know, at one day. Um, Leo, being the smart aleck he was, finally provided the comments that broke, uh, that was the straw that broke uh, the camel's back, or in this case, that enraged Micah. And Leo lived at the end of a cul-de-sac, and behind his house was the creek that we'd all play in, and behind that was some, some, um, uh, you know, the another uh, street, and you know. That street connected to the street Mike was on, uh, lived on. And I remember, whatever set it off, you could literally see Micah's face get red out of fury. And uh, he began chasing Leo around his house. Uh, <laughs> it was like out of a cartoon, like one time, with Leo laughing and, and Micah screaming in rage. Two times, Leo laughing, Micah screaming in rage. Three times, Leo laughing, Micah screaming in rage. And we're all kind of looking on in fascination saying, well, why would you, why would you poke the bear? Uh, and, and, you know, th that's not necessarily atypical. The moment where it became atypical and the moment where it became something that was burned in my mind was when Micah then proceeded to pick up a very large rock very large rock i mean it was probably like a i mean it, it was it was literally about this this big kind of rock picked it up over his head and begins running after leo with that catching up with him carrying said rock and at that point my friends and i were thinking mike is going to kill leo we knew this was going to happen someday <laughs> so at that point you know up until this point we're kind of like on micah's side we're like leo's being a jerk 
you know, he shouldn't have picked on Mike, uh, Micah. But at this point, we're all like, we don't want to listen, uh, uh, you know, witness a murder. So <laughs> we're like trying to direct Mike, uh, Micah away from him, saying, Micah, just it's not that big of a deal. Let's just calm down and lay run over there, out of the way. He's got a rock. You don't let him catch you. Um, you know that to go along with the theme of madness, there are moments like that in childhood. Actually, another moment of madness was the time these all seem to revolve around leo actually where he got me to the point uh where i grabbed a um decorative tomahawk i had gotten as when i was as a cub scout went to like a cherokee nation kind of thing uh campground um actually i think it's stone mountain i got a tomahawk and it's like well i'll tomahawk you and it was rather silly looking back on it but um you know, these are the these are the uh, amusing moments of childhood, at least boyhood madness, that I think every boy kind of goes through, where you y- you get in your fights with your friends and you explore the um, outer boundaries of the flexibility of uh, wiffle ball bats, and um, uh, you know how to how to mediate. Uh, a dispute between uh, one person who's running as fast as he can and another person who's carrying a rock over his head trying to kill him. And, uh, you know, um, until I met my wife and had my kids, I didn't realize that those moments that I take for granted, those moments of madness and craziness and boyhood uh, friendships and, and fun and craziness, Girls don't have the same kind of thing. <laughs> and it wasn't really until I had my son and I saw him start doing things. And she said, what? What is going on? And I was like, well, that's, I, I'm confu- it's, it's nothing confusing to me. Um, but that's my, uh, some of my tales of, of madness. Um, 